Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things with me while I sit down and talk with Doug Milstein. Hey, because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. Still, don't stress it, because everyone's kooked it at some point. And that's why I started this podcast, because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So grab your foamy and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education program, The Surf Continuum. You know when you're a kid and sure. like someone who's 16 and you're 15, it seems like they're so much older than you. Yeah, sure. So when I was a kid, I remember being like, oh, the old guys. Those are the, the old guys. Now I feel like you know, <laughs> yeah. we're buddies. But uh, so I'm sitting here and that's the voice of Doug Milstein, uh, another local Long Island ripper. Um, but you're pretty well traveled too, aren't you? Yeah. Um, it's kind of been a thing for me pretty soon after I started surfing. I, um, I guess I have a pretty like obsessive personality if I get into something. I think that's probably similar for most surfers, but like there was sort of no turning back for me once I once I got into it and I like anyone else, I there's there's not enough waves here in New York. So yeah, true. if you wanna if you wanna get better and you wanna improve and you wanna surf good waves, you gotta travel. So totally. that started for me pretty early. Yeah, how how old? How old are you? I think my first my first surf trip was with Colin Kennedy who uh, grew up here in, like right down the canal. We're here in Amityville right now. And uh, we went to Puerto Rico February break of our sophomore year of high school. And we went to the other side of the island. We went to like over on the- On the east side? On the east coast to this no like golf course resort that had a beach <laughs> break, because <laughs> that's where his dad wanted to go. And uh, his dad thought we were crazy bringing boards. And uh, yeah, I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. We had glass-on fins back then, so you, we brought one board each, uh-huh. like bubble-wrapped it, and uh, hoped for the best. And they it made was, it. They made it. It was like waist-high and onshore all day, every day. And yeah, because that's on the that's on the windward side, so yeah. all the trades are... Just, but you always have swell, at there, least. There was a little bit of a wave, and we just surfed, like, all day long. Wow. And I, actually, I went to that same resort. It's called Pomas Del Mar. I went there when I was a kid. Like, I was probably, like, seven or eight with my parents. Um, and I, I like digged up those photos when I was in sophomore year high school. I was like, mom, where are those photos from our like dad's golf trip that we like tagged along with? And I was like looking in the background. I'm like, there's waves. And like, that's why we were convinced that we were going to get waves if we weren't there. <laughs> that's was, awesome. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing, but it was fun. And that was the beginning of uh, like a lifelong pursuit of just finding waves around the world, right? Yeah, I started going to better places than the east coast of Puerto Rico, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, there certainly is better places than the wind-blown east coast of Puerto Rico, but... <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's um, a good start. Yeah, I went to... My first couple trips were similar, like, I went to Barbados in high school with my parents, and I kind of... We were on the south coast, and I just surfed, like, small crappy waves all day long. So this is, like, you're, you're, so you're in 10th grade on that first trip, how old did you, were you when you started surfing? I started surfing summer after eighth grade. Eighth grade, so that's like what, 13 years old? I got, yeah, I was 13. I got a surfboard for Christmas. Um, Brand new? From, uh, yeah, it was like one of those surfboards in Australia. I think it was like a dog. Chinese like $200 cutout wow. um, that I got from Bunger. I got it from Christmas. And I used to, like, obviously, 
I was 13, I didn't have a wetsuit, I didn't have anything. I was like right. waiting for summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. used to like, <laughs> this is super embarrassing, but I used to like put it on a beanbag, like, you know those beanbag chairs? <laughs> so I used to put, my, put this like 6'6", six, six, of course, like all the boards that were sold to you back then, no offense to Bunger, that's just the way it was. Like people weren't buying the right boards for beginners. Right, right. You know, they were, right. you kind of were like going in as a customer, you didn't know what you wanted and they were just like, the whole, I mean, everyone was riding the wrong boards back then. They were too thin and they weren't like developed for beginners at all. Yeah. So it was yeah. like a 6'6 six, six standard shortboard. Right. Right. That I would practice on my beanbag chair. <laughs> and like I, I knew how to swim and I knew how to boogie board, so I like I pictured what catching a wave would feel like. But yeah, as you can imagine, that didn't translate. I wouldn't recommend that to any of your uh, any, your, <laughs> yeah, any yeah, of yeah. your clients. Thanks for that. That's that's a good point. But that's so funny you say that. Like I totally remember those days. You know, you get your first board and and you can't ride it because you get in New York. Chances of getting a board when you can't surf it without a wetsuit is pretty high. I mean, sure. there's only two or three months that you could potentially surf without a wetsuit. Sure. And me, you know, skinny little me, it's like a two weeks in the heat wave of summer without a wetsuit. You <laughs> yeah, know, other sure. than that, I need a wetsuit. But anyway, I remember having a friend over. Uh, I actually did a podcast with his brother, Sal Termini's older brother, Joe. Okay. Was coming over and like to see my new board. It was a $50 used board. And he was teaching me how to duck dive on my bed, you know? And we like laid the board down on the bed, like put cushions, cause they, it had glass ons too. It was like a nineties, okay. like yellowed out. Oh, it was used okay. already when I got it. Um, and we just like supported the fins and he was like, all right, yeah, you grab the rails and he was showing me how to swing my leg up. And of course you can't really simulate a duck dive feel when you don't, no. you can't submerge the nose or something. But that's just funny. Yeah. What you do when you're a kid to like try to practice to surf. Sure. Sure. It's funny. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the start, and I we used to go every day. Like I, I would go over here to West Gilgo. I'd take the boat because um, you know you could do that in Amityville before you could drive. Right. And uh, right. Yeah, we would just go every day. There was no surf reports. You just go and after swim practice in the morning and hope for the best. Yeah. Did you always live in this house? Yeah. So this house, like just for the listeners, give you a little visual. We're sitting on the canal right now on the south shore of Long Island. But there's barrier islands, so we don't actually get swell where you are, where you live. You have these canals. It's the bay. It's the Great South Bay. But you can take a boat across, which is actually, it's like a blessing and a curse. We may not have waves right here, but the kids who can't drive a car yet can drive a boat when you're like, what, 10? 14. 14? So, I mean, you get this like really great feeling of independence. You're not just going surfing, but you're kind of... Getting going, away. Yeah, you're sure. going off into the world and running away with your buddy or something. And sure. You're learning how to anchor the boat. And man, I got to get Graham on this podcast because we have some funny stories <laughs> about learning the hard way, how to anchor a boat and how, to, you know, if it's high tide, you don't pull it right up to the beach. <laughs> I think we've all made those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Graham would be immune to them either. Yeah, no, hell no. I mean, it's, it's for all of us to learn. Um, we would show up with a boogie board. I had a boogie board bag. Like that was like a backpack. Mm-hmm. I'd stuff a skimboard in there. So I'd be walking over to the beach with that around my back and a surfboard under my arm and like a cooler and like a soccer ball and like we were just going. Oh, uh, you, like, you, you were prepared. You would, yeah, we had, we had a little bit of everything but we were always having fun. <laughs> Alright, and then, so I, what I want to know too about is like your first wetsuit because think talking about your first surfboard and like how you didn't have a wetsuit uh, reminds me of my first wetsuit but I'll save that for after I hear about yours. I think. I always had like a shorty. That was kind of like a thing you had if you were a kid that went to the beach. Like your parents probably got that for you at some point. Mm-hmm. But I think more, even more importantly than like having the right wetsuit was like no one, 
as a kid especially, and probably for beginner surfers, you don't really know what the right wetsuit is for the day. Like, it's really easy. Like, in the winter, you know you need, a, like, a winter suit, right? Mm -hmm. But there's those, like, I would say, like, those, like, shoulder seasons. So, like, May, June, especially June. Mm -hmm. And totally. then especially, again, like, September, October, as those cross over, like, I see people making, still to this day, and I was certainly one of them for a long time, making, like, mistakes, like, all the time. Like... It was like super hot. They, like they could have been in the water the night before, and it was onshore winds. And it's like June, and the water's super warm. And they're like, you could have worn board shorts. And then the next morning, the wind blows offshore, and it's freezing. Like, yeah. You need booties. Right. Um, so I think that was like even more than remembering like the wetsuits, which are of course like back zip, um, just standard, pretty crappy, seemingly good for the time wetsuits. I think like the biggest thing I can remember from that age was like always making the wrong decision <laughs> when it came to wetsuits but also like when you didn't have a lot of money you would just you would wear your wetsuit for years like yeah, that thing yeah. would have holes in it duct tape all over it right like, you'd be trying to sew it together or glue it together and it double was... it up with another wetsuit and it's it's funny how you just find a way to surf you know like when you're growing up and like you said you don't have a lot of money so you just put on whatever you got well, two things. Number one, just for your listeners, um, good rule of thumb here in New York, at least, for wetsuits. Alex Faust taught me this, like, way too long ago. Uh, let me try to get it right before I... Okay, Mother's Day is the one in May, and Father's Day is in... June. June. So mm -hmm. he always said, Mother's Day, gloves can come off. Father's Day, boots can come off. And mm. never before. And, like, generally speaking, it actually works out pretty well. Huh. And it's, like, one of those little I funny know. ways to remember things. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. as I'm struggling here telling you. Yeah. But <laughs> the other thing, number two, is it's interesting you're bringing up neon. I don't know if you know why I'm going to say this. I do. Okay, so. I think so. Probably, like, uh, just a classic story from you and your group of friends. There was this, uh, it's funny, like, there's so much localism, even though we never have waves. And, uh... <laughs> There was this wave in Long Beach, like a high tide spot that used to be really, really good. And it used to be like pretty, like, it wasn't that people didn't know about it, but there was like a vibe there. People were maybe intimidated to go there or um, apprehensive or, you know, you kind of, you didn't go there unless you could surf. It was a fairly heavy, like good barreling wave. And you also like, you maybe didn't want to show up in a pack or you were just cognizant of like, your behavior, or like even, you know, you might get vibed out in the parking lot or like yelled out in the water. Like there was, it was pretty heavy there. Uh, you know, especially for like growing up, it felt that way. And I can remember, um, you know, I was lucky that I was probably like just starting to get better at surfing. And also at like an age where I had a car, I was just like 17. And that was like in the, the at the time that that spot was like on. And that was the spot. Like if it was high tide and there was waves, that's where you went. And I remember I knew you guys from like surfing around here, like Gilgo area, and you guys were, so how much younger are you than me? I guess six years. Okay, so six years younger. This was probably, I was probably like 20 and you were probably like 14 or so. <laughs> and you were with Graham and you were with Matt Wonderlick. And, uh, and like I had never seen you guys there before, ever. Like, and it was like firing. It was like, you know, uh, like head high at the very least really good barrels and like there was already a lot of tension in the water that day people were like arguing and yelling and then like it's just kind of a spot you wanted to show up like a little under the radar right and I like I looked on the beach 
and there were these three like groms walking down the beach with like neon boards, neon wetsuits. It was like, it was like, is this San Clemente, California? Like what's going on here? And I was already like in my head, like either A, like scoffing at you guys or B, like just laughing. And, and then it, you paddle out and it's you guys. And I just like, at that moment, I, I just started calling you guys like, hey, Team Neon, what's That's going right. on here? Yep. And Team I, Neon. I think I like, I don't see the three of you guys together as much anymore. Like you're all friends, but like, you know, the chances of everyone being at the same time, same place. But I, uh, I always call you guys Team Neon. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally remember that. Was, that. Uh, but that's great. I actually didn't know that story. Like that's how it came yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Team Neon. So wow, it was, that's, a, it was a Team Neon hilarious. walking down the beach in, in, a, at, in the heavy, <laughs> at the heavy local spot. You guys did not paddle out unnoticed. There's, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we were ignorant because I had no idea at the time. <laughs> you were also a little too young to really be picked on too much. but uh, Thank God. Yeah, that was funny. Well, that particular spot, I did get picked on uh, when I was a Grom. Even when I was by myself. Like, I think some of like the most memorable moments of learning the rules of surfing the hard way were there. Sure. You know, like I remember dropping in on some guy completely oblivious. <laughs> like I'm just trying to catch a wave here. Sure, sure. You know, and I finally get one and then I, I like hear something and I look to the other side and there's some guy like who can't come up and hit the lip because I'm standing in the trough of the wave, not going straight, but not going down the line, just totally blocking uh, this epic wave, you know. Those guys had no problem to let me know when I did wrong. But yeah, sure. That was... I was like kind of resilient when I was a kid too, so it was good, you know. Like I got yelled at, I kind of got over it, and you know. <laughs> that was my strategy always, like especially like a couple of the spots we grew up surfing around here that also had a similar, more like localized, everybody knew everyone vibe, and like if you were young or you were, you know, you didn't know what you were doing, you didn't necessarily feel welcome. But I always just tried to like a stay like. I didn't, I, I, and I still to this day, like I don't mind catching a worse, I don't need to be at the best peak. Mm. That's okay. Like I'm, I'd rather get, um, when I travel, I want to get the best waves I can get for sure. But around here, like I'm just happy to get waves and I, mm. they don't need to be the best ones. So I just stay busy in the water. Yeah. I'm so glad you say that because like when I was telling you before, like we do two kind of podcasts, we do one with, you know, random people and then me and, and coach Evan, you know, we, we talk about just strategies for surfing and how to get better. Sure. And that's a big one, you know, sure. not ha like not having to, um, be on the best wave or not seeing the main peak. Sometimes it's really obvious where sure. the main peak is sure. and the crowds around it too, and not going straight there. So just you saying that, like, and everybody can know right now, I didn't tell them to say <laughs> that, you know, that's just no. a legitimate sure. real surfer strategy. Like good surfers can surf good on less waves too, you know, sure. not as good of waves. And it's sometimes it's about quantity and sometimes it's about quality, but you know, you can do good surfing in both cases. Absolutely. Um, I have a couple friends that like are, I mean, there's plenty of things that I'm uh, like very much a beginner at myself and they help me at, um, but I help a couple guys like try to improve their surfing and I'm always like joking around. I'm like, Look at where you're, like, you're so far out. The only wave you're going to be able to catch is, like, the bomb set. Right. And that's probably the last wave that you want. <laughs> like, just move in. Like, so you take a few on the head, but, like, at least is you... It, that's a funny... I, I actually talk about that all the time, too. That's a really good point. So, you know, you sit all the way out the back. This is a funny thing that I notice beginners do all the time. They paddle so far out the back, I think for a few reasons. One of them is because they don't want to get crushed by waves. You know, sure. so they're like, okay, get outside. It's safe there. 
But then, of course, the only wave you're going to catch, like you just said, is the bomb. And <laughs> sure. they don't want that wave. Sure. So you're advising them to like come inside, come inside, catch some medium or smaller waves. But what about the set waves when they come? You know, it's like it's like a game. You know, like a little cat and mouse you have to play. Um, but you do. That's surfing. You know, you don't just sit and wait for waves. You got to be agile. You're moving around the lineup and staying mobile. Sure. I, I think actually you said it earlier, but when you were younger, you were more resilient, or like maybe not more more resilient, but you were super resilient, right? Like mm-hmm. you didn't mind. Either A, like taking an emotional beating, right? People in the water like yelling at you or like making fun of you or just like being a jerk to you. Like you just kind of got back on the horse. And the same thing, like your fear level or your like ability to weather a storm back then, like you didn't, you you probably just weren't, you didn't know enough. Meaning like you're like the same way you were with everything as an adolescent. Like you just, you didn't know any better. So like you didn't really factor in risk. Right, right. And I think like probably you see with some of your students that like, it's not like, I don't know if it's the physical that's like makes things harder when you're older. I think it's probably the mental, like mm, meaning so like true. there's more ego, you know, like God, by the time you get to like your thirties or forties, like you're probably pretty, like most of the things you like to do, you're probably pretty good at. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't spend too much time doing things you're not good at. Mm-hmm. So then like, I've had a couple of people that I've been like, Hey, you should try to surf. Like, you think you'd really like it? They're like, man, I can't like, <laughs> I can't be a beginner I don't, yeah, at this point. I don't, need to, I don't need to put myself through that. So. <laughs> yeah, and of all things, surfing, it's definitely one of the most challenging. But that you, that's really, that's a great point, you know? It really is mental because it's not like they couldn't take the beating of a set wave, a rogue wave sure. coming and, and taking. But, you know, adults know that, like, it's embarrassing or, or they're just afraid of it, you know, when sure. they don't know. Sure. I mean, you're, you said you're 31, 32, sorry. 31. Um, you know, you were likely more flexible and maybe even had like some better cardio or like, and you're in good shape, but like maybe at 18, you weren't, you were just like physically, you were likely more prepared, right? But Mm. think about your, it's obviously mental, right? Or muscle memory or whatever it is. But um, as you, yeah, like as you get older, you can just, you're using your brain more and more. You've been in those situations almost, Almost to your, almost to your disadvantage, you know, to, to an extent. I guess it protects you in some ways, but in other ways, you risks that you you should have taken and would have come out successful. You you don't get to see that that result. Sure. But uh, all right. Well, so everybody's got a few of these, and you already said one. I really liked your um, <laughs> your story about balancing on your beanbag, okay, and practicing surfing. But can you think, especially as a really well traveled, which we have to touch on too, some other places you went to, but. What are some really embarrassing or kooky moments you had, you know, learning to surf or traveling or showing up at a new spot or just that there's everybody has that story, if not a number of them, where you learned the hard way how not to do something, you know, and whether it's your friends called you out or or strangers did Uh, you have anything on the top of your mind? Um, Like way too many things, but uh, (laughs) I think probably like one of the like like one of the first things that come to my mind comes to my mind is uh, like uh, maybe the first time I saw myself on video. Huh. Um, That's we, a good one. My friend and I we like joke or like not joke, but we kind of like strategize or talk about this concept of like feel versus real. And like you might you might really feel like you're doing something. And this could apply to anything in life, but like you might really feel like you're doing something, but in reality, like it might not. This is like it's very probably the same way when I hear myself on this. You know, the same way back in the day, you'd hear yourself on someone's answering machine or something. You'd be like, that's not what I sound like. <laughs> and uh, I've definitely had some moments like 
whether it's photos actually can be pretty forgiving. Yeah, sure. Um, or you can kind of like look through a sequence and find like there's some that look bad and some that look good. And yeah. Maybe the ones that look good. Cherry like, pick the yeah, right Yeah, oh, one. that's what I'll post. But like <laughs> videos are pretty harsh. Pretty revealing. I can remember, I can remember like the first time I saw myself on, vi on video surfing was like, devastating <laughs> because like you know you think you're you think you're doing something and you, like you know because what what videos had we seen we had like we you probably yeah. like same as me grew up watching like taylor Steele or like lost yeah, videos VHS. and you saw the best guys in the world surfing some of the best waves in the world right and like when you would be out in the water you, like if you hit the lip or you like i'm making air quotes if you got barreled like you had a you were comparing it to what you thought like totally oh it's probably looked pretty similar to like uh rob machado's turn in that section yeah 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 that that they felt <laughs> like i felt like rob machado in that one part of the video <laughs> yeah i i even remember saying stuff like that to yeah Graham, sure you know sure like, oh, dude i totally felt like you know mick fanning on this point yeah it's so funny and i mean i see i see it now like you know it's actually awesome but to hear kids in the water like be like i just got so barreled on that wave and you're just like you know, probably if I was like 18, I would have been like, no, you didn't, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. more of a jerk about it. But now I, I just think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you know. That um, is such a good point. It really is because I had the same experience, you know, like getting, having a session, knowing I was being videotaped, being like, oh my God, I can't wait to see that second wave. I did such a good turn on that one, or I got an air, or blah, 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 whatever I did. And then seeing the video and being like, oh, you missed the wave that I got barreled on. It's like, no, you, that, that's it right there. Or the wave splashing you in the head. That's your tube. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're like, yeah. what? No, I'm yeah. totally inside of it, standing up tall. <laughs> Where's the other one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. That is so funny. Pro probably some of the kookiest moments I've had, if I really think about it, like, which you would think would be pretty easy to fix, but I've been like, um, like water entry, uh, like, uh, just getting in the water? Yeah, like uh, at different spots around the world where I like decided I was going to be a little more adventurous or like I saw the locals jumping off this rock. So I thought like, all right, if they can do it, I can do it. And like, that's the kind of thing like you probably want to try for the first time on a small day or uh, right. yeah, just a lot of urchins and uh, <laughs> like really bad results. That is always tricky, huh? I was always like intimidated, especially when I like now less so because I just I know to be patient and really observant and figure out the right spot. Sure. But but more when I was starting to surf, and I don't know, I guess I felt like I had to get in the water right away when I picked up my surfboard or something. Sure. Um, you know, just not knowing where to go in or something or how to get out of the sure. water. So just kind of going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, stepping on reef and then being so committed that you're like, well, I can't turn back now, you know, like I'm, I'm in it. Um, yeah, that's funny. I, I guess I've probably had equally kooky incidents getting in and out of the water like around home growing up as a kid but they just had more consequences if i made those same mistakes like overseas or yeah of with, course with more well we uh, have a pretty forgiving kind of setup i mean it's all sand sure that's know? probably my least favorite thing about new york is all sand no i just i like i like to feel like one of my favorite things about traveling to other waves or other places is like feeling like a little sense of consequence mm. um and i'm not like at all this like adrenaline junkie like putting myself in danger kind of guy i'm pretty calculated and like i would say compared to like most of my friends or most people i know i'm like pretty risk adverse mm -hmm. but 
I like feeling like I can figure something out and then like take on like calculated risks mm -hmm. and you don't really get those chances around here. Yeah, you're right. No, there's definitely not. And I mean, the more we, we surf here, the more it's home, the less risky it feels, sure. you know? Sure. In you fact, <laughs> sometimes you create risk just because you're so uh, complacent, you know, yeah. and you're almost like just whatever. Oh, this is fine. That's fine. And, and then you're paddling out and you're like, oh, that's bigger out here than I thought. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that even rarely happens, but yeah, it, it's true. You know, as I've, uh, as I've grown and gotten older and surfed here a lot, there's definitely less of a, not excitement. I don't want to say that because I love surfing, but that, you know, the risk factor, the, 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 the adrenaline little the burst you get when you're surfing someplace new and you recognize that there, you know, if you do it wrong, you could get hurt or, or at least end your session early at the sure. very least, you know? Sure. Do you feel like when you, you're about to go on a surf trip, like, do you feel like when you're in a new lineup with new, like, A, new, like, obstacles, essentially, or new, like, currents and all that stuff and new, but then again, like, new people in the lineup, like, you're no, no one knows who you are, like, do you feel, like, how do you surf in those situations? Like, yeah, I definitely am much more conservative, you know, like, I'll start down the, down the line, like, if it's a very distinct and organized setup where you know there's a clear peak you know that everyone's sure. kind of fighting over like you can tell who the locals are because they're all sitting at the peak fighting each other and then the lesser guys are down the wave i'll start way down the wave and kind of work my way up you know uh if it's more spread out you know then it's then it's easier to find your own peak but yeah i'm definitely more conservative and i'm definitely mindful of like who's out there ripping and who seems local and who's like dominating it's like it's there's such a unspoken language in surfing you know especially in the lineup so i really try my best to read it but i enjoy that i enjoy that that's that's the part of surfing i miss out on when i'm back home sure you know because there is no figuring it out i know who the guys are i'm one of the guys you know i sure. get to sit in the peak with all with the, the top surfers sure so you know it takes a little bit of that away from it at home and definitely yeah for sure when i'm traveling i have to be like okay pull it back where do i want to sit where do i fit into this lineup and uh try to be smart about it. Cause you know, the idea is I want to be the kind of surfer that's eventually, if I were to make that place my home, I would be accepted. Sure. You know, like the, the local surfers there would accept me into the lineup as another part of the community, another one of the crew and not be the outcast. It's kind of hard to undo that, you know? Like sure. if, you, if you make yourself out to be a big old kook or an outcast at a lineup, sure. that's hard to get people's second opinion back again, you know, and, and reevaluate you. So I always kind of surf with that in mind without even realizing it until you ask me that, if I were going to move here, I want them to like that I live here and, and, and not feel like, oh, this guy, you know, here he comes paddling out. I hate that. Sure. So I definitely wouldn't want to be that guy. Yeah. So I surf with that kind of mindset, uh, even if I'm not going to be there for a long time, even sure. if I'm just surfing there for the, the week or two. Yeah, it's actually like pretty easy to like uh, knock on wood, but like <laughs> it's not it's not that difficult to go to... Essentially, we're just talking about social skills, right? So, like, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. It's people lose it when they travel and when they're and when they go surfing. You know, like the social skills, but it's part of it. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, it's just like I I see it all, and like I always, <laughs> I always like uh, lately I've been like watching things go on in the lineup. This is going to sound super judgmental, but like I'm not judging as much as just taking it all in. But like you see people make decisions in the lineup, whether like. They just burn someone because like they're frustrated and they just want a wave or or they they go for a wave that like you know like sometimes you just see people just paddle for straight closeouts and you have to ask yourself like 
what what are you doing? Like, where how, how did you see that turning out? You know, or some like you see all sorts of like whether it's board choice or you. I guess the judgmental part of what I'm going to say is like lately more so than ever, I've been thinking like, huh, like if you're making that decision in the water, you could say the same thing about when you watch people on the road, like driving, right. like choices. You see someone speeding up in the lane just to like slow down at the light. It's like, how do you think that was going to turn out? Like mm. what was going to happen there? Right, right, right. And I, I can't help but like start wondering, like if you're making those choices in the water, what kind of choices are you making in life? Like, and like, <laughs> is it like, is this like your escape where you're like, screw it, I'm out in the water, I'm not gonna like worry about anything, I'm just gonna like go yeah. crazy for an hour or two? Or is this like pretty indicative of like how you're going through your life? Who you are, yeah. Yeah, that's not, I mean, sure, I mean, I guess it, it's definitely judging, but like that's the whole point of the show is like to enlighten people and show them how other people and other surfers are thinking. Sure. So you can, because a lot of times I think it's just ignorance. I think people sometimes don't know what a closeout is or can't read a wave well, you know? Sure. And, um, you know, and that's why the people who listen are going to be at an advantage to the rest of the surfers because, you know, they'll start <laughs> asking themselves what's a closeout and, sure. and should I go for it? Hey, and like as much as I'm being judgmental in the water, like and fair enough, um, what I will tell you is like, I, like in the last two, three years, I started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I am a white belt. I am like as white belt as a white belt could be. So like everything that I'm probably like judging in the water of like, why would you make that decision? I am making like each and every one of those mistakes. Right. And like on the mat in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And like, it's so humbling. Yeah. So And all the heavies in, in, in that world are like, what is this guy done <laughs> thinking? Like, what is he doing? But I think that's good. You know, to, it's, I always say, I think it's good to be a beginner at something at all points in your life. Sure. Like, be a beginner. It keeps you humble and it reminds you, like, the things you're good at, you got good at for a reason. And it also reminds you that when you're a beginner at something else, that you can get good at that too. But you have to realize that it takes time. And if it was so easy to get good at, well, then everybody can be good at it and it wouldn't be all that special. Of course. You know, so yeah. I, I love that, that, you know, you're, you're a big old kook in, in jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the amount of times I've, like, you know, hurt my neck or like had my ear just smashed into the mat. Like essentially I'm just getting, like I just like pay money to go get choked by like <laughs> super strong dudes. That, but like everyone is so, probably more so than surfing, like the vibe in jujitsu is more like welcoming and like uh, approachable. Mm -hmm. um, I think people just respect if you show up where like, well, it's funny. I like surf, my friends and I joke about this. Like surfing is all, it's like so, commodity driven like if there is like i was i recently went down i don't want to like honestly i'm going to tell you about this place i don't think anyone's even going to go there so i recently went to guadalupe and what i can tell you off the start is like getting in the water and getting out of the water there was sketchier than anywhere i've ever been like really why like the it reef was a combo of like incredibly sharp rock reef and like urchins everywhere mm. like at every spot like and like dude i've been surfing for 20 years I've surfed a lot of places that I thought were sketch and like this was just like a chore like every session I was like like how many locals do I need to watch get out of the water before I can figure out like which like one foot of rock is like the right rock to stand up on wow so like just that alone wave quality like it's onshore winds like all day long similar to Barbados so like you're not like getting super high quality waves you're getting a lot of waves but the local surfers down there were so welcoming and so friendly and so nice because there were so many waves coming in. Mm. Like they were stoked to see other people 
like they could tell we didn't speak French. That was pretty clear right away. <laughs> and uh, like usually, usually when you go away somewhere, like um, you go to Puerto Rico as an example, like, and I love it down there and I love Puerto Rican people. Like, but here's what I'm gonna say. The Puerto Rican people on land are so nice and so friendly and so welcoming. And like you get this vibe like, wow, Puerto Rico, like these people, um, they have such a great lifestyle and they really appreciate like enjoying life, right? Then you go in the water and you just get yelled at by locals like every time, right? Like hoot and hollered at, yelled, told to get out of the water. Like, and Guadalupe was one of the few places where everyone on land, they were not necessarily stoked on Americans. At least that's the vibe I got. But everyone in the water was like, really really friendly and really nice and i think it's just because they had like so many more waves than people so mm. that uh, sorry that's like a long-winded way of saying like i think it's about supply and demand like mm. and you'll see the same thing here like when we go surf when there's yeah. a lot of waves everyone is nice everyone's stoked everyone's friendly and when there's not that many sets coming in or like there's t it's a little too crowded or whatever like like the tide turns really quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's it's that's that's spot on. That's how it is, you know. If if the waves aren't going round and and you know it's it's pretty clear that someone's getting a lot more than others, or people start getting frustrated. Sure. I mean, it's like I I wish I had the uh, the name of the whether it's scientist or psychologist. Uh, I'm gonna get it wrong, but like there's that eighty twenty rule. Have you heard about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's it. Go ahead. So essentially, like. 20% of like 20% of the people will end up with 80% of the materials or commodities or mm -hmm. whatever it may be and you can mm -hmm. see this in like wealth or you can see this in who knows what right like in, in a basketball game it's like 20% of the players are scoring 80% of the points in the music industry like 20% of the artists are producing 80% of the music that's popular mm -hmm. and like and then I'm just plagiarizing other people I've heard here these aren't my own thoughts but like even even amongst an artist like 20% of that artist's songs will end up with 80% of their their hits or their listens yeah, right yeah. and like it's usually even skewed like more to the extreme yeah and you see totally. that in the water like big time and it's like whoever the you know it's just i think it's like law of the land so whoever those the best 20 percent of guys are they're the ones getting 80 percent of the waves every time every session mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's not magic yeah right it's not at all it's just it's it's the dedication and the practice the experience and the time they put in you know and then you know when the waves are good so there's there's a special point too is that when the waves are good it brings out a different crew of people versus when the waves are just average sure and i think the difference between like the reason those 20 percent of surfers are getting 80 percent of the waves is because those 20 percent of surfers are also surfing the other days too sure you know and um that's that's the challenging part about surfing in that you can't just practice whenever you want you know you, you gotta get out there and surf regardless if the waves are good or bad Sure. Because when they do get good, and we say this all the time, people are going to stop listening to this podcast because I keep <laughs> saying this. But, you know, when the waves are good and if you haven't been surfing, you're not going to surf good waves good. Sure. You know, they, the good waves don't make you surf good. Your practice and your dedication makes you surf good. Yeah, I mean, I think the other common thread you'll see with... And I wonder, you might be one of like... You might be an anomaly here because you are like a super competent surfer, especially in like like critical waves but I don't feel like you have as like I was going to say as a common thread you see probably amongst the best surfers in New York or probably all over it's like they're the ones that travel because you're probably not going to get enough practice 
just simply waiting around for like decent days at home. Definitely not. But I feel like you, I don't, I mean, I know you've been to like Puerto Rico a bit and like maybe you've traveled more as of late, but I feel like when you were growing up, growing I, up I don't feel like you no, no, had I as didn't. many chances. I didn't. Uh, when I was growing up, so I travel a lot now. When I was growing up, the only way I got my, my surf in and my, my practice on big waves is just when it got big, get out there. You know, and that was one thing that I always just tried to do. Like, I, some, I think part of it was like a little ego when I was a kid. Because like, you know, the, the, the boys, Graham and Matt, would be standing next to me a little nervous or something. And I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to be the one that paddles out. Not because I actually felt like I could do it more because I just thought like, oh, just do it. Just sure. push yourself. I actually remember this day at Ditch, um, maybe more like whatever is just east of it, but um, like it was it was a long time ago, and you, like that was when like just for the listeners, like Chris, how tall are you? Uh, probably six foot. Okay, uh, I'm only I'm five nine, five ten, something like that, and uh, you're like you're like a much like like stronger, jacked up dude than I am, but like at this time, at this age, like you were much smaller. And maybe I was like, I don't know, it was probably around the same time. Maybe I was 21, you were like 15. But it was like a really big hurricane swell at Ditch. And I can remember like you were standing on the shore like scouting out the waves. And I was like, you're coming in? And you were like, yeah. And then we paddled out together. And I just remember like being like, oh, that's awesome that Chris was like going for it. Oh, cool. Like, Team, Neon. Team Neon is uh, <laughs> got a good representative. <laughs> Chris represented Team Neon well today. Uh, yeah, and, and sometimes it was just like, straight up ignorance, you know, like paddling out just because I felt like I had to, or I don't know, I don't really know what it was, but yeah, that was just it. You know, just, just feeling like I had to, I don't know, just do it. Yeah. I always think about like, if there was a few, like, okay, so there's wave, wave pools now, right? Mm -hmm. And I always picture like, all right, like at what, like for me on a personal level, like I always picture myself, like I probably have like a size range of a wave. I know the waves I like. I like like barreling lefts, right? Like I'm probably not too different than most goofy footers from New York, but like I like, and then I like reef breaks, right? And I like I'd make an effort to travel like every year to try to find like some of the best waves I can. Um, that's like in my comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's like overhead, for example, right? I don't really like doing the whole number thing because I think that's a whole mess. But yeah, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> but then I always think like if I had a wave pool. And I could just like twist the dial, right? Like if you could just bring it up a notch like every day or every week yeah. or like just start, like start with a waist eye wave or like, you know, like let's say you want to surf chopes, right? That, that's a bad example because that wave like morphs, morphs yeah. like big time as it grows. Like, yeah, it's a special wave. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. Go like ahead. if you could just keep twisting that dial, like I think like you could take any surfer probably and like slowly increase their comfort zone and the, well the challenge the challenge with surfing is just that like you said there is no dial on it so you're like oh yeah the waves i'm seeing right now from the beach look like just outside of my comfort zone which is a perfect opportunity to push myself and then you know you get out there and it's building or or a bigger set than you thought you know or you saw came comes through so you know like it's definitely a challenging sport to to do that to yourself you know, like I'm just thinking now of like, say, free divers or something. They can kind of like continually push themselves a little bit harder, a little bit more, a little bit more and work their way up very consistently. Whereas in surfing, you just again, you know, you're only being served what you got. And even if you think it's just outside of your comfort zone, you can paddle out and find out it's way outside of your comfort zone, you know, and have no control sure. over toning it back or it's either all or nothing. Sure. And then like you're speaking a little more on like a like a 
like a super high altitude view of this situation. But like if you get granular, like, uh, well, you know, like your the way you feel that day is different. Maybe mm. your flexibility is different. But then like, of course, each wave is like super different than every other wave right. you've ever caught. So when you factor all those things in, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it can be, you can put yourself in like a, like a, a situation that would take away your confidence quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And it happens to a lot of people. Yeah. It really does. You know, like people get spooked out of surfing forever. Or just bummed. Like, I mean, I'm sure you have too, right? Like that's kind of one of the worst things about getting better and better at surfing is like you expect more and more out of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to turn that off. You know, if you've like done a turn once and that felt really good, like just as a silly example, like you, you kind of have a, you're, you're setting the bar higher and yeah, higher for yourself yeah. in terms of your level of expectation, right? Totally. And then like the other factors, you see other guys in the water and maybe they're like, like you know, everyone has their on day, everyone has their off day. And like, I'm a, I'm a super inconsistent surfer. Like I don't, I don't, I feel like there are some days where I'm like really feeling on and some days I feel like, like I can't do anything right. And like, it can get to you. Yeah, you know? totally. Like what, what am I doing wrong? Or I think, I think that's pretty actual common in surfers. Like, I feel that way for sure. There's some days where I feel like, wow, I've gotten good. How did I get? And then other days I'm like, what the hell happened to me? You know, like, what? Sure. I hope nobody saw any of that, <laughs> you know, but I think that's, that's just surfing. And I, well, and also what I was going to say is just, you know, now I've actually got more okay with that notion, with that concept. Like you don't just consistently rise and get better and better. Well, you do probably, but it doesn't always feel that way. And you don't always surf that way. You know, and I'm just more okay nowadays with having a bad session, you know, and, sure. and just being like, nah, you know, <laughs> next session, it's, it's such a long journey and I've surfed so many times now that it's like, well, there's another day coming, you know, and I'm, I've just gotten better at that and, 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 and less like dependent on, on how well I surfed, you know, and how I feel afterwards. I, I'm doing all right with it. <laughs> like, I think I can, of course. Yeah. Like I don't have an ego in that, like I need every session to be good, but like, even if I have a good set, I guess like I'm just sort of like, I just want another crack at it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, sure. Like, I'm not, and that's, you know, like you just want, it's funny, right? Like how long does a good wave stay with you? You know, like oh God, yeah. we had, I saw you out like maybe it was two weeks ago and it was yeah. really good that afternoon. Oh yeah. And like everyone was getting such good waves and like you can go home like and just be like, I am, you could either like, even at like, you know, we had like two years ago that like amazing September where everyone, everyone I talked to was like, I am surfed out or I am like, yeah, yeah. I am, I can't even go back in the water. I'm over it. Like I need to get my life back together. <laughs> and then like, then it went flat. Like the average surfer, how long do you think they like, like feel like, you know, like full? How, yeah. How long does it take before you need to do it again? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it's different for everyone, but it, it runs out pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, it does, right? <laughs> like, maybe like the next day, you're like, oh, you that know, was sick. It's funny you say that. I actually, I can get more regretful on the good days, actually. The bad days, I can actually be pretty dismissive and just be like, all right, sure. over it. Sure, the good sure. days, I'm actually like, man, that one wave, if I was behind the peak <laughs> on that one, I would have been so pitted. Oh, if I just had gone a little deep if I didn't get spooked by that big old peak and just kept going deeper that's actually where my regret comes yes good on point. the good days well said when I like over the summer I'm just happy to get in the water yeah, yeah I can you know just like literally just feel the water get some exercise and like I have no expectations right but 
you know, when you feel like you have an opportunity, even if you capitalize on it, you still just want another one. Yeah, yeah, You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, totally. Like, it's I didn't even think of it until you said it, you know, and you were talking about that good day two weeks ago and then it came into my mind and I, I thought about a wave, a very specific wave that I was like, damn, I should have went deeper and I had the chance <laughs> I to. I think I remember it. And I just chose not to go deeper. You know, I was just like, mm, this is pretty good. I like this here. <laughs> and then after the wave, I was like, damn it, I should have gone deeper. Sure, sure. That's funny. Speaking about fear, this is always a good question. Um, what, what, it's time to get humble now, but what scares you about surfing? What are your fears? And you know, everybody cares to hear this question because everybody has fears. Um, so like, do you have like a, a big one that stands out or one that you battled with and you overcame? It doesn't have to be a, a present one. Um, hmm. Well, I think kind of maybe going back to what I said before, but I, uh, I like to push myself. So I like, Again, I'm not like this, like, you see some guys, like, and good for them, and I give them all the credit in the world, like, I actually have no idea how their brains work in that way, because it's so different than my own, but they're just, like, they're willing to just, like, throw themselves over a ledge, or they, they have, like, essentially, they have more balls than I do, right? <laughs> and, like, it never worked that way for me. I always had to, like, like work myself up to something, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I always wanted it. Like, so if I saw... Like someone else, and this is not I'm not really speaking about surfing in New York or even in the States, like, but like, I guess my fear is like, I'm always trying to find like the right, like balance between like really pushing myself and not pushing myself too far. And like, as I get older and I surf more and more, like it, it's like taking more for me. Like I put myself in more critical situations on bigger waves to, to be in that little zone mm-hmm. where I am pushing myself. So mm-hmm. like... You know, the problem a lot of the times is like you're usually flying pretty far to get to these places. You're like Fiji, for example. Like that's cloud breaks a heavy wave, and uh, a lot can go wrong out there. A lot has gone wrong out there to surfers much better than I am. So mm-hmm. like, you know, you're getting off like I think it's tw- 12, 14 hours from LA. You still have to get to LA. Like it's wow. a lot of travel. You're you're not like you're not you know like. If you've learned anything about like uh, how your body responds to lack of sleep, um, it's not good. And like you're so you're jet lagged, you're out of it. And now all of a sudden you're like you're in a critical situation and like trying to perform on these world class big waves. Yeah, I'm, I guess like my fear is like I'm gonna be in a situation like that and like just make a mistake. And or yeah, or not just have enough sleep. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good fear. No, uh, no, it's good. Well, that's why I love that question because it brings out a different answer in everybody. You know, sure. like honestly, when well, I first well, started doing well, sorry, this. Sorry, can, can I hit yeah, a timeout or can I hit a rewind for a second? Yeah, please. I actually think as I'm like working my way through it, I think my fear is that I'm going to, I'm going to get old. I guess like there's a fear of regret. Like I don't want to, I have to, like, there's a shelf life to your surfing ability, right? Like maybe not if you're Kelly Slater, but like <laughs> for the average person, like it's some, age and I think that we're able to sustain that longer and longer these days through all sorts of reasons but like I don't want to like my fear is that I'm going to get to a certain age and be like I didn't I didn't push myself as hard as I should have like I didn't I like and the reason is like if I see I kind of have this personality like if I see someone else able to do something then that just shows me it's possible Mm. and like maybe I'm I'm fine with admitting like well I have no idea how to do that or I cannot do that right now but like that's the kind of the key end is like right now. Like 
I'm never, I try not to be dismissive when I see other people, people are better than me at everything. I just like, I just think like, okay, how did they get there? And like, okay, like, you know, I actually, like recently I'm getting more like, I have a, like my buddy Ryan is like, like total like technique, like psychopath. Like he like, like critiques every little thing of like anything you could do on a surfboard. And only recently have I gotten into that. Like before my strategy was just like, I just want to surf more and I want to surf better waves and I'll figure it out along the way. So I think like my fear is just like, I'm going to like get to like the downward side of my like surfing life and be like, I didn't, I didn't get like better waves. I didn't peak high yeah. enough. Yeah. 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 And that's like a personal challenge. Like I'm not, I try not to compare myself to what good is it going to do to compare myself to other there's guys that are just better than me. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're always going to be better. No, than me. I get okay. you. I get the distinction between recognizing like some people are just better, but as far as your level go, like making sure that you reach the highest level that you like Doug sure. can reach, you yeah. know. And that's and that's I that's definitely the same for me. Like I'm okay with guys being better surfers than me, but I just want to make sure that same as you. I don't look back and think like, ah, you know, shoot. I should have been deeper. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, I should have been deeper. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's where that whole thing comes from. If you make it out, you weren't deep enough. Yeah, but that mentality is going to like, right? Like, okay, I should have been deeper on that wave. Um, that That's going to push you next time to be a little bit deeper. You right. Know? And, well, and yeah, yeah. And maybe well, you're going to eat it. But then maybe you're going to find that, like, that that right space to, like, yeah. be on that wave. It's, it's, like a, it's kind of like a life lesson, you know, to also be okay with what you've done, you know? And, sure. like, because you can always be deeper until you fall. You know, until you can't make it out of the tube because you were too deep. And that's got its own frustrations with it. You know, like not making a tube because you're too deep is not okay either. <laughs> you know, so sometimes you just got to come out of your session and be like, I got a couple tubes today. I'm stoked, you know. And, and if that's not your level, then if you went down the line, you went down the line a couple times or even just once, be stoked about it. You know, or if you got up and you got to like measure success in, in like the level that you're at. But, you know, but it's a fine balance because you also want to improve and progress. And that comes with like, the only way to do that is friction, is frustration. Sure. You, know, you have to have that friction, you know, friction sharpens knives and it makes your hands clean. You know, without friction, good things don't happen. Sure. So like you, you do need to be a little frustrated with things to get better, but you know, you can't let it ruin your life either. Well, that's you, like, yeah, I'm kind of realizing like, you know me as like an individual outside of this little podcast. So like you picture me probably as like a pretty happy-go-lucky, like super optimistic guy where I don't know if I'm coming across that way. No, like, I did, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So like, this is like a little window, but like, I think it's important to note like in context that like, I am like, like, yeah, maybe I'm going to get like, I don't actually, I don't like that frustration or whatever doesn't linger for me at all. All right, I'm like, right. I'm just stoked about the next opportunity to like try to improve. Duly noted. And, and I think everyone will pick up on it if they haven't that. <laughs> Doug is a pretty happy, positive guy and a great surfer, and uh, you do really well out there. I always, I always liked your style, and I, you were always like good. Like even when we were Groms, as early as I can remember, I re always remember thinking about you like you were a good surfer. Like there's some guys, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't name anybody, but like I can think of people who I felt like got better as I grew and watched them, you know. But like you were one of the guys that I was like, oh, he's a good surfer. Like, and he always was. Like Alex Fowis, you know, he was always a good sure, surfer. Sure, but like he's, 
He's in a totally different category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But good like, for him. But the same, yeah, one of those guys we just won't compare ourselves to. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's an example, though, of someone that, like, I always, uh, I mean, A, I travel with Alex, I hang with Alex a lot, he's one of my closest friends, but, like, first of all, he's so, it's so annoying because, like, you could just sense that stuff comes so much more naturally to him, mm. um, where, like, so much work was involved for me to like even figure that out or get right, there. Right. But uh but he's someone that like as much as I didn't compare myself to him, he was kinda like a like always like I'm sure for a lot of people there's and there's plenty of other guys that would fall into that category, but like you just watch them and be like, Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Like, yeah All right, yeah. cool. Let's let's try to figure that out. Yeah, I'm sure you heard oh like so we did that podcast with uh, Joey Citarella and we actually talked about Alex a little bit and he was one of those guys that I remember just be like learning things just by watching him surf. Sure. You know, and there's a special thing that happens when you watch surfing in the water. Sure. Uh, like especially when someone gets tubed or, or there's 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 certain distinct things that just it was like revelation moments, you know. Well, two things. I always uh, I always mess with Alex that like He's actually like he's gonna hate that I'm saying this over live audio, but like, have you ever seen that guy longboard? Like, oh yeah, he used to compete. Yeah, well, the, here's the funny thing. He like he's probably if you looked at like the world of surfers, he's a better longboarder than he's a shortboarder. Like that guy could be on the longboard world tour. Like he <laughs> he just doesn't like it. Yeah, but like yeah. he because he always did all the contests. He like would bring. He probably wouldn't even bring a longboard. He either borrow, borrow his dad's or like borrow someone else's, and he's like, I'm here all day. I'll just enter the longboard division, and he'd always win. And like this would like this would even happen at like Easterns or wherever. And like there would be people that like their whole lives were longboarding. Like that's mm. all they did was just longboard. Yeah. Like and they were there because they were a longboarder. Right. And like Alex, like, can you imagine for them how frustrating it was that this like like shortboarder just like decided to enter because he's stuck there all day yeah, and like yeah. he's winning everything. Yeah, he so. really does have a natural ability. Well, what is that about some people who just understand the right trim and the right balance and the right you like just to get that board and to be able to do you know it's it's pretty impressive sure when you see I, I think that like behind the scenes probably i think there's a lot of just like natural body movement that happens but i think people probably are like more analytical than you think like i think that they mm. probably like the way their brains work they probably are like sitting around like in kind of almost like a nerdy way. Yeah, know, like, yeah. Like, like resurfing the same wave over and over in their brain, like sure. figuring it out or something. I think you're right about that. Yeah. And the, the other thing I was going to say, you're talking about like memorable moments in the water, like and that taught you something. Like it's like I, it came to my mind today because you were talking about uh, that spot in Long Beach. And like I can remember watching Dave Wan get barreled like a lot on left stair because you could just kind of backdoor the peak and pull in and like, I didn't even understand what was happening, but I remember just watching it and be like, I'm going to figure out how to do that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can remember one, it was like New Year's Eve, um, it was freezing, and I got like a, like from, it was like the, you know how like you always thought you got barreled? Yeah. And then like the first Feel time. Feel versus you, really, <laughs> yeah. right? Is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> the first time you actually got barreled, you like really <laughs> saw like the lip in front of you and you're like, A, you're so stoked because it's like obviously the best feeling in the world. But B, you're kind of so embarrassed because you're realizing that like the 40 or 50 times before that you had like like bragged to your friends about how barreled you were. You're like, oh God, like I definitely was I never barreled before. This is the first time I ever got barreled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I remember he he was there. He was in the channel. Like he has no idea. Who, probably still has no idea who I am. But uh, he was just like, did you see that kid get that barrel? And he was like <laughs> frothing in like his Dave Wan New York accent. And that was like super redeeming for me. And you know that. 
that feeling probably lasted for like a solid couple days before I was ready for another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I think he, Dave One. now that you say that, I think he's one of the guys that I burned when I was a kid <laughs> and got my head chewed off. Yeah. Oh, man. Big time. I don't know why I kept surfing, to be honest. When I think back on some of the situations that I went through, I don't know why. I just kept surfing, you know? It's funny that, like, it's kind of like if you just, like, keep showing up to a spot and you're, like, even, like, man, I used to get dropped in on all the time at Hemlocks. Which, by the way, is, like, a wave that, to all your listeners out there, like, unfortunately, just doesn't work anymore. It's gone. Yeah. But, uh, because of sand. But, like... The same with the Long Beach wave. But, like, yeah, it was just, like, it was harsh. Like, I would just get dropped in on and, like, treated like like a kook, essentially, which I guess this podcast is named after. But, yeah, yeah, you just kind of keep showing up and... Keep showing up. Yeah, they can only yell so much before they start feeling weird and kooky about it, you know? Well, I can remember um, I studied abroad in Australia. And, like, that was, like, I, like, it was such a great opportunity because I could surf all the time. And, like... The surfing level there, like, I mean, it's funny. Like, you watch surfers around here. There's a couple guys around here that are actually good and would, mm. be, would be considered good surfers anywhere in the world. But for the most part, the surfers that think they're good here, like, uh, especially the world the younger surfing. kids. Yeah, if they went to, like, other spots, like... like Even just California. Gold Coast of Australia, or, sure, or, like, San Clemente, California. It's like, you know, it's like the New York, New York of, like... Broadway, like musicals, like, you know, if, you, if you're a good surfer in the Gold Coast of Australia, you're like one of the best surfers in the world. Right. So like just watching those guys like made me kind of like, like just become super aware of like, hey, like I, not, I need to not be intimidated back in New York because we right. all suck compared to these guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I can remember I had like surfed so much and like that summer I came home and I felt so much more confident because of that. Mm. And that was like the first time that guys stopped dropping in on me. And... And that, I was 20, man. Like, it took me wow. to 20 for guys to stop burning me left yeah, and right. I, I think that's, a, that's, that's a, a pretty normal age to start feeling, like, that confidence. You yeah. Know? I think it took me until my 20s to feel confident. And it came after a big travel. Yeah. It came after a big winter in, on the West Coast. Okay. In, in Mexico. Okay. And surfing some much bigger waves than I was comfortable with. And then coming home, and it was, like, quote-unquote, big and tubing. But I was like, hell yeah, I got this. It was like overhead, you know, and just barreling. So I was charging and I felt so good about it because just a week ago I was in much bigger surf and it just gave me a whole new level of confidence and it also gives you like a different like vibe, like a, like a aura around you, you know? Sure. And, it, and people, people read that, you know? Sure. Do you think it translates out of the water? I think so. I think so. But it's less of a, a roller coaster ride now. Less of like how was my last session is how I feel today. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, I think uh, I'm the same. Like, uh, I have a lot of other interests in my life. Like, if, if my only interest was surfing, I'd be devastated. Like, yeah. I actually think it's a little dangerous to have, depends on where you live, but like, if that's the only thing you're into, the only thing you'd like derive value from, like, here's why I always joke around. Like, and sorry, not to be a hater, but like, there, I think there's a sizable amount of people, and like, we're in New York, so here that like, they consider themselves to be a surfer. Like, I'm a surfer, right? And I'm going to, like, get in so much hot water for this. But, like, <laughs> okay, you're a surfer. But like, what percentage of the time are there waves? Yeah, yeah. So How often do you surf? Yeah, and if you're not, like, like I, I, you know, like, I, hey, like, I guess if you've got, like, a Salt Life sticker on your car and that's, like, your, you know, like, <laughs> like summer vibes all year long, man, like, that's cool. Like, hey, you know, if it makes you happy, that's awesome. But, like. I think it's good to try to balance out your, your interests. Totally. Like, 
if you have a personality like mine where you need to like be engaging yourself in something, like yeah, you need multiple things. You need a few things, whether it's professional or just like personal hobbies or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like that you're like pushing yourself in or like uh, engaging yourself in, or like you're gonna be you potentially dissatisfied. Yeah. So yeah, I think totally. like you have you know you have a lot of interests. So like that's likely why surfing is not so. It doesn't. It, my my demeanor. My my mood doesn't entirely depend on it. Sure. At least anymore. When I was a teenager, it definitely was a lot more. But um, yeah. At the same time, like okay, as much as I was hating on like uh, the value we place in serving, like there's nothing I'd rather do. And, yeah. And like, well, sure. I, but that's what makes it so special because you can't just have it any time. Sure. You can't just have it any time. So when the waves come, it's like, it's it's a special day. You know, and it's, it's a special time. It, it, you don't put it off. You can't be like, well, I'll just go the next day. Well, the next day is not going to be the, the peak of the swell or the offshore wind or whatever. So I think that's, that's the gold about it. It's like you got to, when the rush is on, you got to be there for it or you're going to miss out. I think about that in New York in particular, but even more so than just surfing, like the weather too. Because I lived in Cal- like Southern California for two years. Uh, like I'm making air quotes here, but like... Because uh, I've traveled so much for work and for fun, but like, um, I feel like in California they're kind of in this like little dream bubble, like never, never. This is like you know, like San Diego area where like, are they really like? I was pretty soaked every day that I could like go for a surf without booties or you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't because I didn't like because I knew it wasn't forever most likely, and I like I knew how cold it was back home. Like I really appreciate it. It's like when you go on a surf trip. But like, we here in New York, like, if you get waves or you get nice weather, like, you're, you're gonna like, make the most out of it, for mm-hmm. sure. Totally. Well, that was a killer one, dude. Sick, man. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on and, and have me over. I love this place, I love your house. I've never been in here, I can't believe it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you're, you're welcome anytime. Uh, but like anything else, it's better in the summer. Yeah, we uh, we're gonna have to take. I'd love to, for old times' sake, take a boat ride over to to the other side and go for a surf. I, I haven't taken a boat to go surf in a long time. Now. Really? Yeah, I kind of miss it. It was yeah. like the only way I got to the beach when I was a teenager. Well, it's. Uh, I mean, we're kind of like if, if you're coming from here, you're like stuck in traffic. Thirty minutes. It's like thirty minutes to the beach either way. But you can take a boat and be there in fifteen. Yeah. And I'd so much rather go surf over there, even if the waves aren't as good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you said. You know, like where there's less people and and, and you know less competition. It's fun, even if it's less of a wave. But um, all right, guys. Well, if you're not subscribed to the Coopcast, you're cooking it. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Doug. And uh, you guys get on get on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Peace out. Woo.